Hello, it's Jacqueline Kitzman, and this is the Awaken Tarot Podcast. This is going to be a requested episode from Laura. I promised I would break down the major arcana. I'm going to go into housekeeping in just a second, but I wanted to apologize for the late episode this week. Everybody who follows me on Instagram probably knows, but um, if you don't follow Instagram, I don't have Instagram, you probably don't know that the reason the episode out wasn't out Monday was because um, we had a kind of a choking incident with Evangeline on Sunday morning um, that ended up with us in the hospital. She's fine. She's perfectly okay. You know, could have been so much worse and was and ended up and ended up being completely fine. And we're very grateful for that. But it did shake us up quite a bit. So we chose to kind of spend the day Sunday just like quietly as a family and just double checking to make sure Evie was okay. And and then, of course, I could go back to work on Monday. So today was the first chance that I got to kind of sit down and actually record. And then we will have the episode up. It's I mean, if you're listening to this, it's Tuesday night or after that, if you've just discovered this podcast in the year is like 2035 or something. As far as, you know, new cycle goes, we've got a lot happening. Um, you know, there's a lot happening over in Ukraine still. I know that that's kind of old news at this point, but it's really important. And it is a very scary thing for so many over in Ukraine right now, um, just constant horrors every day, um, which does then affect the U.S. in regards to food chain, food supply, all of that, plus COVID. It's just kind of, it's not happening in an isolated area. It's happening and it's affecting a lot of people in one way directly or in another way. So it's definitely something to keep your eyes on. Of course, also paying attention to the news in regards to Roe v. Wade and all of that and how you can get involved and help. Um, and then, of course, this is just like for funsy facts, but the FBI invaded, uh, had search warrants for Trump's house and they found that he had some uh, maybe nuclear documents that he should not have and is in potentially being prosecuted, maybe prosecuted for treason. So um, keep your eye there. Uh, I was talking to somebody today, even just that things that happen, even if it seems like very out of your sphere of what affects you truly does affect you in one way or another. And we all kind of get the, we get hit by the winds of change that even if they start in another country, they do, you know, eventually come our way and we do have to deal with it. So that's why the news part of this podcast is so important. There's a reason there's a major arcana and a minor arcana. Um, and this all kind of fits together into the episode that Laura um, requested. So I'm very excited to break that down. So the major arcana is made up of 22 cards and the minor arcana is made up of 56. This episode is going to focus specifically on the major arcana and the breakdown of the life, death, and rebirth line um, and, and not the major arcana, but I can talk about the, I mean, sorry, not the minor arcana, but I can talk about the purpose of the minor arcana. There's a lot more in the minor arcana than the major arcana. Obviously there's like 30 something more cards there. The minor arcana is truly about how we interact in the world. The, the microchasm, right? The macrochasm, the big source energy, that's the major arcana. The major arcana is archetypes, archetypes to which we kind of prescribe different people or themes in our life too. So when you are working with the major arcana, you are kind of working with energy that's like source energy or deity energy or 
It's the energy we're born into, the energy, the way that the world is that we have to learn how to interact with um, down here in the in the minor arcana. So when you're setting up, and this is a system that was made created or made popular by Rachel Pollack. And again, you can buy her book, Tarot Wisdom, and she does a really good job of breaking this down even further. This is, the, I reiterate that teaching because it's it genuinely helped me in regards to how I see the major arcana and how those themes kind of pop up, not, you know, in in my life, but and also in the lives of the people that I've been blessed to do readings for. So first things first is that you take card zero, the fool, and you set it aside. In the in the grand scheme of things, our soul, the thing that has always been a part of the uterus, that the uterus, excuse me, the universe, God bless. Get the fuck out of here, Jacqueline. <laughs> so the energy that cannot be created or destroyed, the thing that belonged to the universe that is in your body that will go back to the uterus. I did it again. The universe, y'all, what kind of Freudian slip is happening in my head here? It's because I'm on my period. That has to be it. The universe. Lord have mercy on me. Um, Okay, hold on. I'm going to get it together. I will not say uterus again this episode. That energy that cannot be created or destroyed, that's the fool energy. That's our soul energy. It's card zero because it is tabula rasa. It takes up all of the space and none of the space at one time. The fool is us. The fool is the the, the traveler, we are the fool and we travel through all of the major arcana and all of the minor arcana. That is our, um, that, that energy in us that cannot be created or destroyed. So we set the fool aside. From there, we break the major arcana into the lifeline, the death line, and the rebirth line. The lifeline is the first seven cards. The death line is the next set of seven and the rebirth line is the next set of seven. So I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna read off to you the cards in the lifeline the cards in the death line, and the cards in the rebirth line. And then we're going to kind of talk about why they end and start where they do, okay, to give you some more context. I won't break it down card by card by card because one, I, I've done that kind of like sprinkled throughout all of the episodes. And two, um, Gabe would literally murder me if I made him sit down tonight and edit a three hour long episode of this podcast. Truly, I would be gone. So let me break it down. This is the lifeline. It goes magician, High Priestess, the Empress, the Emperor, the Hierophant, the Lovers, the Chariot. Then you have the Death Line, and the Death Line is Strength, the Hermit, Wheel of Fortune, Justice, the Hanged Man, Death, and Temperance. Some people, um, they will switch Strength and Justice. So for some people, their Death Line might look like Justice, the Hermit, Wheel of Fortune, Strength, The Hanged Man, Death, and Temperance. I want to acknowledge that because some readers do read it that way. I don't. I read Strength as the first card in the death line and Justice as the um, fourth card in the death line. And then you go into the Rebirth line, and the Rebirth line is starts in the Devil, the Tower, the Star, the Moon, the Sun, Judgment, and the World. So... All of that being said, if you're looking at all of these cards, you've got the the lines, right? The lifeline, the death line, the rebirth line. And one other thing that I do when I teach the major arcana is that I teach it in the triads as well. So the triads are the 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 rows that are in the in the um 
major arcana. So going down, if you have the life, death, and rebirth line all lined up, you'll see that there are three cards in each row. So there are seven rows and three cards in each. I do have a workbook at one point I did on all of the triads and I broke it down. And I think that what I'll go ahead and do after I have gone through every card in the tarot is I will in depth break down the different triads because I think that there's a lot of wisdom and a lot of like almost like overlap when you look at them. But what I'll do first is I'll read to you what the triads are. And then at a later date, I will dig further into them. So the triads are, as I'm looking at them, the magician, strength, the devil, high priestess, hermit, tower, the empress, wheel of fortune, the star, the emperor, justice, the moon, the hierophant, the hanged man, the sun, the lovers, death, judgment, the chariot, temperance, and the world. And at one point, like I said, in the future, I'll go through kind of the breakdown. But when I'm looking at the lifeline, the death line and the rebirth line, you what you're doing is you're looking at essentially each line has a story. Okay, so in the lifeline, the magician, we are born into a body. In the high priestess, we tunnel in and after our Maslow's hierarchy of needs have been met, we figure out our world, we go into the high priestess and we observe our inner world, our inner world of our body, our dreams, what we like, what we don't like. From there, we are the empress. We are learning to thrive. We are growing things. We are being flexible. We are being cyclical. Then we have the emperor. Once we have learned about the seasons and about being flexible, we can figure out where we would like to put our roots in and how to weather the different seasons as we grow our roots. From the emperor, we enter the hierophant, and this is the first time that we interact with other people in the lifeline. The hierophant is kind of us coming out of the emperor and into society once we have discovered ourselves our likes and our dislikes and where we kind of see ourselves in the world we then have to experience like this is essentially the equivalent of like socialization middle school right like now all of a sudden you have to learn how to work within a society within rules within other people what where do you want to break the rules what rules do you follow what ones do you say fuck those rules um that kind of mentality from being in a society, you go into the lovers and that's when you start to form these connections. It's when you start to care about things. It's when you start to really kind of develop intimacy and friendships and like fall in love or figure out what you love or all of those things. And then from there, once you kind of have that system of caring, then you enter the chariot and the chariot is where you get into this car and you drive and drive and drive and drive and drive in this car until you kind of decide that you want something deeper. And we all do that. The life, the, the life, death, and rebirth lines are both very, they can be very literal, but also metaphoric. You can go through life, death, and rebirth in in like in one day, and then you have your physical whole lifespan of going through life, death, and rebirth as well. So that's the spiral. You learn one lesson, and then you keep spiraling in, and the spiral never stops. That's the beauty of the major arcana. It is, you will, you will constantly in every single facet of your life, be going through this spiral. But in the chariot of the lifeline, you kind of get to this point where when you decide that you're ready to dig deeper, the chariot will stop. It will just stop going. And you'll no longer to be you'll no longer be able to keep going as you were. At this point, you enter strength. And strength is, I've talked about this on the podcast, but it's yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It is you deciding that you are ready to and strong enough to face whatever comes in the death line, face contraction, face 
the ending of something, but not really even the ending of something because the death line doesn't end in death, it ends in temperance. Literally, the death line ends in the concept of rebirth. But let's go through the death line here um, just really quick. So in strength, you have decided that you're strong enough. You seek out the support. You you meet the beast quite literally. You take on the beast by with an embrace. You hug that beast, that monster that you think is a monster. And then in the hermit, you take that light inside you, let it guide you forward. You kind of cocoon yourself in. In the wheel of fortune, you allow yourself to change, meta- metamorphosize. I promise you that's a word. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to bank on it that that is a word in the dictionary. And it's kind of like the butterfly. I talk about the wheel of fortune as like the goo process. If the hermit is the cocoon, if strength is the caterpillar being like, I have decided to no- that I'm that I would like to no longer be a caterpillar, and hermit is the cocooning and the creation of the chrysalis, then the wheel of fortune is kind of like um, caterpillars will literally melt into goo. They like they like just dis- dis- like disintegrate and become goop. And then, and that's in the Wheel of Fortune, right? Where we are this goop and we have no idea what we're doing. It's this instinctual like melting down of ourselves only to be rebuilt as the process of the death line goes on, right? So then you get to justice. And one of the really beautiful things that I like to talk about in justice is justice is the concept of like, we all deserve death. And that sounds really harsh, but what I mean is because we were born, because we are alive, we deserve death. Nothing living can just stay alive forever. Our physical bodies will wear out. We we won't be able to be in these bodies forever. It is finite. It's the soul that's not finite. The body is finite. So in justice, we're learning about kind of like this weighing of the feather. Like, what did we do with our lives? It's this. It really brings us into what do we deserve? What is the wisdom that we can take with us into this afterlife. And and when we kind of accept that we all deserve this death, that what's coming for us is what was always meant for us. And we go into the hanged man where we literally accept and we hang and we we live in the in-between, right? Where we we've come, we've gone through all of the stages of grief grief. And now we are hanging and we are allowing ourselves to kind of culminate in this knowledge, the halo at the bottom of the hanged man's head. And the death line is a nod to Odin or even a nod to, I guess you could say something like the Christ figure, where all of this enlightenment and almost like savior-like intelligence or knowledge, like kind of like encapsulates. And all of a sudden you have this overarching view of how things are supposed to be. And you do not fear death anymore. You have let yourself hang in the balance between life and death. And you enter death. And of course, then you die. And we know that death comes from us all. And it's a nod back to that justice card, right? But death doesn't just mean death. Death death means like change. The caterpillar, it melts down and it thought, yes, the melting must be the end. But then it's but then it's like re-knitting itself together. And now it's like, it doesn't know what it is, but it's in pure black. And maybe it has wings and maybe it doesn't. But all of a sudden, things start to change because you can't have an ending without a beginning. And you can't have a beginning without an ending And the death line doesn't end in death, it ends in temperance. So it's this big blooming coming out of the chrysalis and being like, well, okay, I'm fucking alive and I have wings, but now life as I know it is fucking over. I am not crawling on leaves anymore. Now I have to figure out how to pollinate things. And that's rebirth, right? So then you enter from rebirth, from temperance, you go into the devil and that's realizing all of this potential energy. It's the relearning of how to be a new, a brand new thing, unchaining yourself from the things that you did in the past because you're not in the past anymore. Now you're in the now 
And there's this kind of collapse, this awakening, right? We go through the tower and all of a sudden, like, we're throwing ourselves out of structures that don't serve us anymore. And we enter the star and we have to reacquaint ourselves with our body and with healing and with the the trauma that can come from that kind of change, but also the healing that comes from kind of addressing that head on. And then you enter the moon and in the moon, you're it's this confrontation of understanding that you are being pulled to some greater purpose and that there is something bigger than you that is also guiding you forward somewhere. You enter the sun and things are no longer secret and they're out in the open and you will either thrive in that information, thrive with this new life, or it can be burning if you're not careful. So it's all about living in the sun and what that means. You enter judgment, which is this reckoning, this coming alive, this coming back into something, refinding your body as this new person, but also going somewhere even better. This acknowledgement that this Oh, I, you know, come to Jesus, come to source, come to whatever moment of I was this and now I'm this and I have so much purpose. And then in the world, you are looking at this full circle completion of whatever path you were on and you understand that hindsight is twenty twenty. You have truly stepped into your power and your and understanding that you were always a part of not just humanity, but the world itself. This energy that you have, this energy in card zero, which is the fool, is also very similar to the energy of the world, which is that you are everything and nothing at once. And you are so much bigger and at the same time, so much smaller than you can even comprehend. And that is the journey from the lifeline through the rebirth line, right? Like you live, you die, but that's not the ending. The ending is rebirth. The ending is going all the way to the world. And it's You've told the story as it needs to be told for this thing. And then from there, you go back <laughs> into the magician because you've always been the fool. At the heart of it, you've always been the fool. I mean, so if you made the fool like one of those like um, see-through cards almost, and it was like a film or like made on clear like laminate, you could place the fool over each card and the fool becomes because the fool is tabula rasa tabula rasa is a term in psychology that is um means that we're all born empty and we're all born as vessels to fill and so the cool thing about the fool is is that our energy is that that soul energy we're always filling it but we also learn along the way how to take those past experiences and 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 be everything and nothing at once so yes we are brand new in these bodies, but we already have this soul experience. That's the instinct, right? That we know how to be human. If we listen, if we listen really closely, like our bodies know when they're hungry or when they're thirsty, our our hearts know when they need love, when they need comfort, when they need excitement, when we're doing something and it feels right or it feels wrong, like we are equipped with our instincts, with our, with what we love with our thoughts and our ability to kind of self-analyze. And then we are able to synthesize that information and bring it out into the world. And it's through this journey of the major arcana that we really get to what I just described as the minor arcana. We really get to kind of dive into all of the minute things that we, that humans, like that day-to-day, like waking up and eating breakfast and having an idea and then thinking through the, and like being excited about it and thinking through that idea about how you're going to make that fit into your day and then exercising it. We do all in the overarching theme of our life. We do all of these things from the minor arcana in the major arcana every day. Every single little choice we make, it's a butterfly effect. And so the major arcana is really kind of this energy that 
is like a rainbow over us, if you will. And we exist in it and we, we, we live it both literally in our lifetimes and we live it day to day as well or project to project. The major arcana is there for us to kind of like, okay, like um, it's the overarching human experience, right? They're all themes that every single, every single human will have gone through at some point. So it makes, it makes other people relatable. It, it, it helps create empathy and connection and feeling like we are a part of something even bigger than bigger than our physical human lives because we are it's a connection to source it's it's there to remind us that we mean something so when we're reading tarot and we're pulling cards from the major arcana that is a nod that to me at least in a reading that's a nod not only does it indicate to me like maybe where a person might be in regards to like the life death or rebirth lines but it's also a nod to kind of like what big thematic life experience they are either they've been through or they might be going through anytime you pull a major arcana in a reading it is something to take note of because it's that thing that's bigger than you and the one thing that i know that we all can relate to is feeling like fate or the universe or or the moon or your deity or source or god whatever it is is pulling you or pushing you somewhere you're meant for something and the major arcana is really there to kind of guide us through our lives our deaths and our rebirths and breaking it into those three lines again made popular by rachel pollack um in her book tarot wisdom again i cannot highly rec i could not recommend that book enough to people especially if you're i mean not just if you're starting out with tarot but she not only breaks down the tarot so beautifully but she also gives a lot of really amazing historical context for the cards and that was a really pivotal pivotal i y'all listen like i also know english pivotal experience and pivotal part of my journey in learning tarot but yeah breaking it down into those lines is really a way for me to make my readings more clear because it does give me a very firm grasp on okay what part of what part of the overarching theme like or theme or archetype is is my client or am I going through at this exact moment it helps me pinpoint that so then it gives me a direction to kind of like be like okay so this is where you're at like for instance if I'm pulling a card for somebody and they're asking about their career and I pull the hanged man card right at that point, what I would be looking at is, okay, so they're kind of at an accepting point in their career where they're either working on toward working towards like acknowledging that they're feeling kind of stagnant and kind of like in the discerning phase of what they're going to do next, like whether they are going to be like resigned, like, yes, this is my job. And now I have to learn how to live my life outside that job. Or, you know what, my time in this job is coming to an end and I'm about ready to go through the death and then rebirth process of figuring out what my life looks like when I'm not doing this nine to five every day. So it gives me a really good jumping off point. I think that's I think that's a pretty good analysis of the major arcana and why the life, death and rebirth lines are, I think, really beautiful um, and very helpful in regards to not just learning tarot, but reading tarot as well. The breakdown is, again, I did not come up with this. This was Rachel Pollock. I want to make that very clear. But I do when I'm teaching like when I am teaching tarot or I'm showing tarot to other people, like those three lines are the fucking coolest. Yes. All of that being said, I once again, oh, right. You know what? 
this is the part of the podcast where I forget that there's a second part of the podcast because for some reason I am so fucking exhausted. So here, let me pull a card for the collective reading. <laughs> it's always, it's truly just amazing to me that you all let me fucking have a podcast and teach you things. Ever, ever grateful for it. The energy that we are experiencing this coming week is the reverse four of cups. And boy, oh boy, can I relate to that concept. It's really easy to get down on ourselves about feeling like the things that are in front of us, we haven't done enough with. We haven't, we've not done what we wanted. We're feeling kind of lame about things or I could have done more. But there was a point where past you would have looked at what you've got in front of you and been like, wow, that's really fucking cool. Source is always looking to fulfill us. It's always looking to give us more. If we're feeling bored, if we're feeling lackluster, source wants to give us more things because the universe wants us to succeed. The reverse four of cups this week is a very gentle reminder that we are being given the things that we need, but don't look at what's in front of you and think, wow, this sucks. Because there was a point that you had butterflies for the cups in front of you too. When Source gave you those, you're like, hell yeah. And the anecdote I want to give is that, um, you know, over the weekend, Gabe was talking to some friends just about like music and, you know, like he had like he had written this album and then like nothing really happened with it. And he was kind of like, you know, like it's just kind of hard to like feel like there's been success with music, especially when having a kid kind of puts a lot of things on halt, like on hold for a little bit. And then like the very next day, he gets an email that a song that he wrote that one, he forgot about and two, he didn't like very much is actually doing really well in Europe. And now because of that, it's been, it's caused reinterest in this album he wrote when Evie was a newborn. And now it's getting focused on this next week because it, it, people might want those songs now that this other song he wrote a long time ago was doing well in Europe. And so now it's almost like this moment of almost like a re a gift that we've already been given making a resurgence, right? Reverse four of cups. The reverse four of cups is really cool because it is one of the only times or the only time in the minor arcana that we see the ace re-enter a card. The four of cups is a reminder that we were given a gift. And even if we're looking at, even if we don't understand or even if we're looking at a cup or like looking at the cups in front of us and we're like, weren't these supposed to fucking do something? You know, that meme of the guy with a stick and he's like poking it and he's like, do something. Even if we're looking at things like that, source has a reason. Source has a purpose. You're, you're going to see that resurgence. It's going to come up. So if you're looking at things this week and you're just feeling really like, wow, like I thought this was going to do something. You're going to see the reason and the the reason for the madness, like source has something planned out. There is something meant for you. There is going to be another cup. Um, so if you're feeling kind of down on yourself or like stagnant or whatever else, like there is going to be another cup coming and it's going to remind you or it's going to be a resurgence of the things that you're looking at right now. And you're like, well, why didn't that fucking go somewhere? So yeah. Anyway, I hope this was helpful. If you have any more questions about the Major Arcana or if you have episode requests, please always feel free to email me at awakenedtarotnashville at gmail.com or you can just direct message me on Instagram. Um, my handle is at awakenedtarot and um, you're, please hit me up there and give me a request if there's something you want to learn. Otherwise, next week we'll pull a card. Will it be an ace since we've literally never talked about any of the fucking aces? I don't know. 
but maybe we're kind of getting down to the line of like we may just go through all four races in a row because that is what that is what source has deigned as needs to happen we'll see maybe it'll be maybe that'll be our four of cups moment coming up this week in regards to the podcast but yeah um i hope you all enjoyed this episode um so here's another thing that um my daughter choking on a crayola has um put a pause on we have reached 100 reviews over spot over between spotify and apple and i have a pie in my kitchen waiting to be used um, because we are at the point now where we have reached 100 reviews and my husband gets to take a video of me getting pied in the face. Well, that happened tonight in the video. We, yeah, hopefully, because the apple pie expires soon according to the date on its thing. And the last thing I want is rotten pie in my face. So we're going to do that really soon and get the video up. Thank you to everyone who has reviewed. Thank you to everyone who has left written reviews or just hit the star button or whatever else it is. It means so much to me. Like even people just telling me like on, you know, messaging me and being like, I love the podcast. Like, or can you, can you do this on the podcast? Can you cover this? Or, Hey, what, like even the people that have like messaged me being like, Hey, could you clarify something? Like, I'm just really appreciative of all of you. And I mean, really it's a testament to, to all of you who've listened. So Thank you so much. I love you all. Um, I would now like to nap. Bye.